Critical hit Punch All Nazis takes place in the early days of World War II and combines high adventure with cosmic horror. All dates, locations, and historical events are thrown out the window in order to create a fun story, so don't put too much thought into historical inaccuracies. All accents are done poorly, but with love, and no disrespect is intended. You are at the last gas station before you head out of Arkham and uh, Blisco. As you are securing the dented front fender uh, onto the, the car to make sure that it's not going to come loose, uh, somebody comes out and, and tells you, I heard you boys are going out traveling. You might want to take this along. And he hands you a book that, that says The Backroads and Beyond, Exploring America's Forgotten Corners. And this is a travel guide book, so as you guys are, are going along, you can find out interesting facts about the area that you are, are traveling through. So, um, is there anything else you guys want to do before you head out of, out of Arkham? Um, just stock up as much as possible. Yeah. We what unleashed an unbed cat already, right? Not yet. Yeah, just uh, you know, tra traveling, traveling food. Right. Oh, okay. Some what, supplies, what water. Sort of do they have? I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. Probably like um, how like how easy it is to get, um, you know, like bullets and stuff uh, in Massachusetts. I mean, in in Ar Arkham, you can definitely get some bullets. You guys are yeah. fully stocked with your bullets and your guns. Who is who is sitting where in the car? Um, unless someone else calls it, I think Dutch has been riding shotgun. Okay, most that sounds right. Uh, you, yeah, you you have control of the book. Dutch. Okay, and one of the things that you know is when you open the inside cover is travel tips. Tip number one: stay on the path. While the allure of the unknown is tempting, remember that not all legends lead to treasure. Some secrets are kept for a reason. Tip 2. Respect the locals. Whether it's a tight-knit community of Appalachia or the secretive townsfolks of Arkham, remember that their tales and warnings come from generations of experience. Tip number 3. Keep an open mind. The journey through America's heartland is a reminder that the world is more mysterious and multifaceted than we can ever imagine. Oh boy. And then the very first entry uh, is the preface. Um, and it's a little bit different than the tips. To the esteemed and cultured voyager whose refined tastes elevate them above the common rabble, this guide offers a window into the heartland of America, a journey from the sordid and ancient streets of Arkham to the quaint and somewhat unpolished environs of the inland. It's not merely a traversal of geography, but a voyage through the soul of America. Your journey commences from Arkham, a bastion of history and academia. As you depart, bid adieu to the intellectual pursuits and genteel societies, where you are to embark upon a passage through realms 
less enlightened. Before you depart, you may wish to visit Miskatonic University's Orn Library, home of rare texts and forbidden lore. So that's okay. what you get out of Back Roads and Beyond, exploring America's forgotten corners. So or stocked uh, up, you have a picnic basket of some foods, probably some jerkies, mm -hmm. uh, some some sodi pops. Yeah, a canteen of water. Picnic basket has like tomatoes and a baguette sticking out the top for some reason, so you know it's food. What were you going to say, Rodrigo? Um. So this was handed to Blissco, right? Yeah, does it, by just like the, by gas the gas uh, station the attendant. Attendant, yeah. Uh, does it seem worn or used? Like, are the pages creased at all, or are the covers like? Uh, it doesn't look. It doesn't look like it's been used, used. But it definitely feels like this is something that has been around for a while. Like this is something that's been handed around for a while. The paper is not high quality paper. It's not slick and glossy. It's mm -hmm. kind of like kind of cheap paper. Like this might yeah. be something that, you know, a group who is uh, promoting ideas or beliefs might hand out as, as you're driving uh, through the byways and highways. Maybe they're trying to do it for good. Eh, who's to say? The only yeah. way is to read on. Yeah. The, the other thing is that with such a whiplash of uh, voice, um, Dutch is going to probably become more obsessed or, or less with what the book says and more with like kind of trying to like make a profile of like, does this have multiple authors? Like, oh, OK. Is it like interesting, uh, you know, starting with like checking in the front and see like. If like the, the thing is like by various or something like that. Yeah, there you don't see a buy anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's it just feels like it's put together. I don't know, as a as a help, but I'm sure as you travel out of um, out of Arkham and you all mm -hmm. bid adieu, as the book says to Arkham, uh, you eventually hit the Berkshires. And sure enough, Rodrigo, there's an entry for the Berkshires. Traversing the Berkshire Mountains, you'll find landscapes that inspire both awe and a sense of isolation. Amid these hills, it's easy to imagine ancient beings lurking just beyond human perception. Guys, uh, you, you, you have a cat in the trunk of your car. Mm -hmm. Is this where you want to let the cat out, or did you want to uh, maybe do it somewhere else? No, probably close enough to, I would say... Yeah. Like, not necessarily out in, like, the farthest boonies, but definitely okay. out of the city. All right. Then this probably the Berkshire Mountains are probably the best place to do that. Bon voyage. Wow. It looks up you with its one big, sad, half-rotten eye. <laughs> you have to go be it free jumps, now. It jumps back into the, into the front seat of the car and sits like a proud boy. Sitting there all preening himself. Wow. You you have to go. We can't take you it, with us. It it does a, a classic cat headbutt into your gut. And it's pretty hard. This is like a not like a soft headbutt of a cat that says, Oh, thank you, dear friend and, and uh owner. I, I, I want you to pet me now. 
this is one of those that's like headbutts you like get out of the way <laughs> kind of hurts we have, we, we have to go now it just kind of sits there look zombie bird <laughs> it just sits that there. definitely looks cause like that's not <laughs> that's not outside of what they've like run into so far <laughs> <laughs> the cat does not want to leave. Well, I mean, do do cats ever do anything you tell them to do? I mean, I this this cat listens, but he's also an idiot, so I don't know. Well, doc looks like you have a decision to make. Either forcibly remove the cat or take him to uh, the south with us. Take him out to the corn crib. Uh, that Unless you can whip him up a, a lady zombie cat for him to hang out with. <laughs> but that would, I, I, I heard that didn't the last time that a guy tried that it didn't go so well. Assuming that those <laughs> movies have already come out. <laughs> no, um, I think I'm going to try and remove the the animal from the vehicle. Uh, oh man, the the fur is like thick and like matted as you grab it by the nape of its neck, and oh, as you pick it up, it's like picking up a wet sack of rotten garbage. <sighs> Why do you hate me? What, what have I ever done to you? I've, I've shown you nothing but... but Let me count the ways. For, for 37 <laughs> years. 37 years of payback coming I've this week. Up, I've showed up <laughs> two nights a week. You are Do holding it. a... You are holding a... Uh, undead rotting cat by its scruff. <sighs> Well, you can't get there from here. So if I throw it as hard as I can, will it stay in one piece? Why don't you do a oh, agility agility plus athletics check? D1, oh, and let's find Why out. Why do I ask these questions? Why? Okay, agility plus athletics. Ooh, I'm going to be good at this. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe not. Uh, one success that's all you needed yes you give your best uh your best uh dizzy dean javelin hurl of the cat it goes tumbling a tail over over whiskers into the bushes and lands run you jump in the car and you start taking off (laughs) and blisco uh, as you start to drive down the road, which is by now a dirt road, you look back yeah. and you see the cat emerge from the bushes and it's kind of running after after the car. There's no way that it's going to catch up to you. I guess that's good. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. No. There's no songs about cats coming back or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. In my defense, I thought it was a goner. <laughs> All right. It takes you about a good part of the day to get through the Berkshires. And then you finally 
enter uh, Pennsylvania. Such, there happens to be a little section on the area that you are driving through. Okay. As you cross into Pennsylvania, the Allegheny Mountains loom large. Their ancient ridges, like the furrowed brows of slumbering giants, whispered tales tell of strange lights seen in the deepest woods and of travelers who walk in the forest, never to return. After after reading that entry, like Dutch will read that out loud and be like, uh, was the world always incredibly creepy and I just didn't notice, or is this new? It sure I mean, seems it, like we just missed it. Seems like the luminary has been around for a long time, at least. That's true. And uh, if my math works correctly, I was probably in high school when Doc made that cat. So I guess it's been weird. Well, do we uh, know what the official story on uh, Clive's passing is? We don't. Stop. Regret to inform you that Private Theodore Whitmore was on 10 October killed in action in Belgium, period. And that is all it says. Oof. Okay. So we'll all recall that. <laughs> yep. And of course, you all recall uh, Theodore Clyde Whitmore dying horrendously. Yes. Getting killed by a Shoggoth. Yep. Like or what you were told was a Shoggoth. I mean, yeah. So wait, do we need to have a story uh, together? Yeah, I think that'd be best. I'm sure uh, his family will want to have some more details. Okay. Uh, let Let me just put this out there, though. He had that necklace. A necklace that is, in fact, of, like, uh, cosmic consequence. So it's entirely possible that his family has at least some knowledge or connection to this stuff. Maybe if we want to find out about it, maybe we got to come clean. Uh, it's worth a try. Actually, a very good point. They have to know at least something. Yeah. So we can. I guess let's try and play it by ear, but um, if it comes down to it, we did all, uh, well, maybe some of you didn't, but I certainly fell down a ditch a couple times uh, while we were early in our uh, Belgium maneuvers, so we can just tell them that you know he fell into a deep ditch and you know broke his neck or something. As, you know, we shouldn't there. There shouldn't have been any fire, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think that maintains the story and also the integrity of the United States Army, who uh, it seems undecided about us. So, uh, but if it looks like they know something, we might think about coming clean and talking to them about it. Uh, see if we can get any hints about anything else uh, from the poem. It's going to take you a day or so to get through Pennsylvania. You're about three days, four days out from Arkham. And then you cross into Ohio. Oh. In the bucolic fields of Ohio lies an ancient curiosity, 
the Serpent Mound. This sprawling effigy, a primitive homage to the forgotten deities or celestial events, is a testament to the arcane practice of the indigenous peoples. Though lacking the, the sophistication of Egyptian pyramids or Stonehenge, it nevertheless offers a peculiar diversion for those with an interest in the archaic and the arcane. I've been there. Not in character. I've actually been there. Is it pretty cool? Uh, it d honestly doesn't look like anything. That's really the, no. the problem with it is that, yeah, like I can see why this fictional hoity-toity guy is like, well, it lacks sophistication or whatever. Like, it's, it's built, but <laughs> it looks like a big hill. That's kind of all it looks like. So nobody wants to go to the uh, to the serpent mound after after Dutch reads that out loud to everybody. I kind of do, but I also don't want to blow our itinerary. Yeah, uh, unless unless we think it is of significance. Yeah, if it's very, or maybe if it's very on the way, like if we are literally driving by it on our way to Kentucky, uh then. Maybe I forget it's which long. highway it is. Maybe it's I-70. I forget what, and, and listeners will know. At some point when you're driving on I-70, um, you pass the sign for Metropolis, um, mm. Illinois, I believe. And it's like, oh, this seems like a really cool thing. Let's go see the Superman statue and let's go do all that kind of stuff. And it's like a 30-minute diversion yeah, uh, to get there. So oh, yeah. it's probably going to be a big diversion for you guys to, again, you're already, the road's Sometimes they're paved. A lot of times they're gravel. Fortunately, you haven't run into anything where it's just like a rut, two ruts in the road. Yeah. But as you get out of major cities, the roads, you know, we are in the very, still the very early days of public works projects. Yeah. Uh, so things are going to be maintained by counties or cities or whatever. There is not an interstate system. There is just a series of connected roads, sometimes travel guides, sometimes maps. Uh, but even then, Blisco, um, why don't you do one of your driving checks for me? Oh, boy. To see how, how well your travels have been going so far. Let's do a, a, a D2 to see if you have encountered any problems so far on the trip, four days in. Mm, vehicles coordination rate. Sure, if that's what you want, unless there's something else you think that you might want to apply. Something other than the highest I can possibly do? Yeah, Not really. no, that's fine. <laughs> with, with a focus that gives me a crit and five or lower? Yeah, <laughs> Not really. <laughs> um, hey, very four good. Successes. successes. Oh, four successes. That's right. So you guys get crit and five or lower. Two momentum. You get two momentum back. Uh, yeah, everything just goes, you know, everything has been surprisingly smooth sailing. Yes, there have been some snowstorms that you have passed through. Yes, there have been some areas uh, that, um, you know, are, are deep snows that are a little harder to pass through. But, you know, the car that you have, Dutch's car, is is doing quite well. It is, uh, you know, holding up very well in these conditions, almost like it was a very finely made precision vehicle uh, that now has a loose bumper that you have you know, been uh, able to keep secured to the vehicle with some wire that you got at a, at a gas station. When you go through towns and you guys stop uh, to eat or replenish supplies or to fill up gas, people seem to be, seem to be genuinely interested in who you are and where you're from and where you're going to. 
almost like they, you know, who want us all to die. Yeah, I I think we can probably give him the most romantic version of, you know, we're former U.S. soldiers. We're on the way to see a uh, the family of our fallen comrade and try to not give away anything else and more than that. Yeah, you, you tell that to everybody that you meet along the way. That's the story. Yeah, that's you, the general story, I think. Paying our if, if that's if if that's okay yeah, no. with the rest of I the mean, team. I'll take that as a yes. All right. Uh at one gas station it's just a kid that's filling up with gas. Golly gee gosh, mister. That's some story. <laughs> that's right, young whippersnapper. Make sure you <laughs> eat your vegetables and drink your milk. Yeah. Unless gosh, I can't wait to Join the military. I'm going to remember you guys when I get into the military. Yep. Well, uh, look up. <laughs> I'll give him the name of uh, the Sarge. Sergeant Doolittle. Okay. Yeah. All right. Look up Sergeant yes, Doolittle. Yes, sir. I, I certainly will, sir. Thank you so much. And he's mm-hmm. waving at you guys. He's got some mittens on and, you know, one of those deer hunter uh, plaid uh, flap hats. Because uh, it, is, it is cold. It is cold. Yeah. You finally cross over into Indiana, and Indiana also has some unique oddities. Hmm. As one ventures further, Indiana purports to offer its own crossroads of fable, where souls are bargained for fleeting musical fame, while undoubtedly an Americanized version of older, more cultured legends. The story attracts a certain type of person often found loitering about with the hopes of glimpsing the supernatural. And can only hope they find what they're looking for, though one doubts it will be of any true substance. So, Rodrigo, so you, you were or, so Dutch. You were wondering, could this be written by a bunch of different people? And the voices have the yeah. same tone. Okay, but certainly it appears that different people have contributed to this book. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, there's definitely like a. Like early on, there was like a pretty homey sounding guy, and then this guy, there's like a posh guy, and then maybe like a more professional mm-hmm. voice as well. Mm-hmm. So that just counted three voices so far. Okay. Anything you guys want to do or need to do while you are in Indiana? Uh, let's see. Uh, Blisco, why don't you roll me again a single D20? Oop. Nine. Nine. You encounter, almost as soon as you get into the great state of Indiana, go Hoosiers, uh, you encounter an an extreme windstorm that makes it very difficult to travel. The snow is blowing. You end up in a very small town for at least a day while the windstorm and the snows uh, blow through. Otherwise, you would not be able to see where you're going. So you are delayed by a day. Thanks to this this windstorm kicking up snow and and everything else. What's the name of the town? Uh, the name of the town is Carlisle, Indiana. Hmm. Interesting. Anything about it on the book? Uh, you look through the book and you come uh, under Indiana. There's a lot of different uh, entries. Uh, it says for Carlisle, it's like lists a bunch of cities and it just, you know, has like a, a single word or phrase uh, next to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlisle, wholly uninteresting, 
<laughs> Mostly harmless. No, it says holding uninteresting. That's that's what I like to see. Well, that's better than like unholy and interesting. Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, you guys have found lodgings here and there. Being a smart world traveler that you are Dutch, uh, you would know that it's probably best to stay in as large cities as you possibly can. Sure. Uh, this one, though, is very hard to find, um, you know, a hotel. There's not a hotel in Carlisle, Indiana. Carlisle, Indiana probably has a population of maybe a, a, a thousand people. Yeah, they have like a like a motor, they call it a motor lodge, and it's where you can pull your car right up to the door of the room that you're staying in, and you can sleep on beds that are mostly okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the wind, though, does whistle through the windows, and the next morning there, you can find small piles of snow piled up in your room, mm. just because the, you know, the doors leak, the windows leak, all that stuff. Is there a radiator type heating device? Not there is not a radiator. There is a wood stove. Each each room has its own wood stove. That's nice. Dangerous, but nice. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, don't throw your wool blanket right next to it. That's for sure. Sure. All right. It takes a day or so, but you are able to finally get out of of Carlisle, Indiana. You were able to grab sandwiches at a, at the at the grocery store or the uh, the general store. Maybe some mm-hmm. beef jerky, mm-hmm. mm, jerky. And then you cross over into Kentucky, the world's largest cave system, Mammoth Cave, is placed of profound silence and darkness. Legends abound of lost civilizations and monstrous creatures dwelling in its uncharted depths. Tours available. But some say the true secrets of the cave are kept hidden, unknown, or known. You see it's like actually scratched out on the page. Known or unknown, only to those who dare roam off the guided paths. So that's a big entry for Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, This guy's definitely Southern. Mm. Like Dutch has taken to just like analyzing their word usage and Mm -hmm. conjugation. You this guy, a... I'm pretty sure, this other guy here, I'm pretty sure is from New York specifically, because uh, the word usage definitely is New England, but the um, uh, the hoity-toitiness is definitely New York. Is this handwritten? No, this is this is typed. And you okay. can tell that it's it's printed. You know, it's like a printing yeah. press type thing. But it's like cheap paper just you know right and somebody actually made a correction on the yes the actual prime whatever you call it yep okay. yeah, main document or whatever yeah so you are about a, you are about a day out from barlow kentucky which is uh your your final destination <laughs> is there anything i've been able to make of the other book we got from Miskatonic. Uh, oh, from the um, the Illuminati's book. Yeah, it is full of um, it's full of spells. Uh, there are you can kind of make out it's it's encoded and good thing that you have uh, cryptography, right? So you can kind of see the encryption that they've used, but you're not super familiar with the exact languages. But with the help of uh, Dutch, you guys are able to kind of piece out that. 
the first um, part of the book is dire warnings, like five pages of just dire warnings about do not proceed, do not do this. Here's the reason why we were allowed to do it, but you should not. Uh, danger, 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 danger. And then you get to a rather lengthy spell, which the words, there's some weird words in there that you are not able to fully pronounce at this point. It does seem a little familiar to the spell that Antoine taught you. Um, you know, as, as far as its cadence and uh, some of the words, uh, but it appears to be something that is an opening spell of some kind. Hmm. Opening what? Well, I think we saw. Oh, valid point. Well, it should be pointed. It should be pointed out that, uh, Evelyn Carter was not using the spell from this book. She oh, was using okay. a spell from she was using a spell from the Great NATO's um, Party Tricks Volume Two. Right. Okay. Advanced Party Tricks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and then there's again more warnings. There is a uh, you can kind of tell that one spell is the opening spell, but it does have warnings and cautions about going through danger, danger, danger. You know, death awaits. Blah blah blah. And then there's a. Literally says blah blah blah. Um, then there is a section on closing the whatever. Hmm. Would you take a will plus resilience check, uh, Brian? All right. This will be a D two. Burn the books. Ooh. Oh, um, uh, we're healed up, right? Oh yeah, everybody's healed up. Full heal, three fortune for everybody. You did quite well dealing with college kids and the dating scene and monsters mm -hmm. abounding, dead cats. We got some extra momentum, right? You have two momentum. All right, I'll go ahead and burn one of those. Okay. And hey, two successes. Oh, two successes and a failure. Mm -hmm. um, a complication. A complication. You are, after reading through this, Valentino and after you figure out the how the how the encryption works and how they've encoded this you are completely fascinated by what you are able to piece together so much so that after you read through the book the first time you instantly go back to the beginning of the book and you read through it again and you go back to the beginning of the book and you read through it again you now have, for now, it's not a mental stress, but it is a mental complication where you have become obsessed with this book. Okay. What are the odds that any of us notice that before it goes on for three or four days? Oh, no way. Dutch is like out loud, <laughs> boring the hell out of you guys, trying to like construct a psychological profile of the authors of this book that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare yourselves for the quaint charms of Barlow, Kentucky. This small township nestled in the rugged hills of the bluegrass state offers a glimpse of a simpler, if not entirely sophisticated way of life. The local populace, while amiable, possesses a rustic demeanor that some find charmingly provincial. 
Barlow, with its modest main street and unassuming facades, presents few, if any, luxuries of which you, dear traveler, are undoubtedly accustomed to. The local cuisine, heavily relying on traditional southern fare, is hearty, if lacking in finesse. You may wish to partake in a sample of their local dishes, if only to say that you've done so. In terms of lodging, options in Barlow are, as one might expect, somewhat limited. The discerning traveler is advised to seek accommodations that offer the most in comfort and privacy, though it's wise to temper expectations. The hospitality of Barlow residents is genuine and forthcoming, even if their establishments lack the polish of more cosmopolitan locales. Nice. I mean, for a book that's like, hey, uh, there's some weird lights in this forest. The fact that they didn't mention anything like that is kind of a good sign. That's a lot of words to say backwoods, Kentucky. Well, to say there's only probably one inn in town. Right. Uh, we, yeah, can, the, uh... we can take bets. Uh, I say one inn and three liquor stores. I say a boarding house, one inn, and at least three shops selling fishing. Okay. Uh, Let's go. Church next door to each of the liquor stores. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Valentino? Valentino? Yeah. What's that? Uh, We're what do you think is uh what do you think is found here? <laughs> uh, maybe I'm gonna go with an old dried up mine and one schoolhouse. Okay. So the the roads here are, are pretty rugged and You've been driving for quite some time, and then up ahead, with the snow on the ground, you see what looks like a group of people doing something in the middle of the road. Looks like they're trying to clear off the road. And around them are people on horseback. Uh-huh. And um, and at least a car that looks like a official police car of some kind. As you approach, you can see that the men on horseback have rifles and shotguns. And the men that are in the road clearing it uh, are wearing like jumpsuits, but they are all chained together. Oh, a prison. That would have been so good. I can't believe I didn't think of that. As you slowly drive by uh let's see who do i want to do this um dutch please roll me an observation plus observation plus insight a d2 please only one success um these guys look cold these guys look um you know like they've been worked very hard but you don't notice anything out of the ordinary uh, at this point. Okay. As you drive past the, the road crew, uh, this is obviously a chain gang. As, as you drive past, 
Blisco, suddenly the sheriff's uh, lights on his car light up and you hear the he wants to pull you over. Pull on over. All right. All right. Let's take pull over. Story. And yeah, you've, you've missed, you, you know, you are um, a ways away from the, from the, from the chain gang. They're not in your clear sight at, at the moment, but uh, the sheriff gets out of his car as the siren starts to wind down. You know, it's one of those sirens that, you know, uh, like you might find if you find one of those uh, turning ones that after it stops, it's just like, yeah, it like winds down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Winds down. And, uh, this guy has a, uh, fur lined collar and a leather coat. He's got a cowboy hat on with some green sunglasses. And he slowly walks up to the car. He's got his, Hands, his thumbs tucked into his belt. As he gets close to the back of the car, he looks at the license plate and kind of looks back to where he came from. Uh, steps back, looks at the car in full. Walks up to the driver's side window and uh, taps on the glass. Roll it down. Roll it down and the sheriff kind of leans into the window and he pulls his sunglasses down. So he's looking over the bridge of his nose. Hello, fellas. What uh, what can I do you for in my county? And he goes and spits out a big old wadded or a big old spit of tobacco onto the ground. Uh, hi. Um, we are uh, fancy boys, huh? We are a little fancy, definitely. We are on our way to visit the family of a gentleman we served with, and. Uh, we now, believe, what family is that? Uh, that would be the uh, Whitmores. Whitmores, huh? Mm-hmm. I lost a boy a little while back. Is that what you boys uh, uh, have business here with? Uh, yeah, we uh, we're here to speak with the family, pay our respects. And he spits a big old line of tobacco juice right over the hood of the car, over to the other side of the road, and he just kind of grins at you. Uh, Blisco, and you can see tobacco stains in his teeth. Mm-hmm. Here to visit the family, huh? Bring them money? Family needs money right now. They oh, in yeah. trouble with the bank. I mean, that's not off the table. We can... Really? Yeah, we'd like to see them. We'd like to figure out what they need and see if we can do anything about it. I mean, we're... Got uh, money with you? Um, no, we were planning on, uh, wiring some, although, uh, we do have a sandwich if you'd like. (laughs) Funny boy, huh? And he kind of leans in a little bit and looks in the back. What are you fellas? He's looking right at you, doc. I'm a doctor. (laughs) That's funny. He looks back at, at you again, Dutch. Uh, boys planning on causing trouble here? No. That's good, because Sheriff Granger doesn't like people who cause trouble in my county. Then he kind of looks back again at you, Valentino, and goes, though you probably wouldn't last a day. 
<laughs> Spits again. Well, boys, I would uh, suggest to you that uh, whatever business you have in Barlow, you make it quick and you get out quick. You follow? We follow. And at that minute, you hear like a bunch of guns going off. You hear rifles and shotguns uh, just firing off in the distance from where you guys came from. Mm. The sheriff slowly turns his head and looks back. May need a few more men on the road crew pretty soon. And he's looking right at you, Dutch. I'll uh, keep that in mind. You do that. You do that. I'm going to let you boys go with a warning. Not to be speeding through my county. And let's hope that I don't run into you again. Thank you. Have a good day. Good day. Slowly turns on his heels, pushes up his glasses, and walks back to uh, to his car, and just kind of stands there with the door open, you know, like one foot on the on the floorboard, car, just kind of standing, looking at you guys, waiting for you to drive off. Mm-hmm. And he continues to spit his tobacco. A man on a horse rides up, says something you guys can't hear. Yep. Yeah, let's uh, calmly get out of here. Yerstishkilas. Hey, Blisco, why don't you uh, do another one of them driving uh, things and see if you you drive off uh, in a calm manner or not? Okay. <laughs> What's my difficulty? Uh, D1. Hey, Four two successes. successes. Four successes. Good lord, I'm going to have to up the... <laughs> No, that's good. Look, you guys got lots of momentum. We let me drive. We get momentum. Yeah, Blisco, you slowly put the car into gear and you try to ease out slowly from where you've been pulled over. Uh, it's pretty clear at this point why there's a road crew because you guys kind of spin out a little bit before you get a little traction. And then you're able to drive slowly down the road. As you look in your rearview mirror, you can see the sheriff turning around and following the man who is now galloping back to where they came from. Uh, and he is out of sight. Hmm. Well, that gentleman was pleasant. Yep. I gotta say, I honestly didn't learn much uh, in my time with the army, but it taught me how to handle figures of authority, which I was very bad at before. Hmm. I think we may want to make our time very short here. Well, we're here to see Clyde's family. We'll take the time we need, and if it becomes a problem, then we'll deal with the problem. It takes you another couple of hours to get to Barlow proper. Um, you are driving. This is in this region. It is uh, somewhat mountainous, and so you're going up and down hills. Um, you are going around dangerous curves that feel like, oh my gosh, at any minute we could drop off into the ravine. You see. A lot of like shacks along the edge of the of the ravines just built right onto the edge of the road almost. Some smoke coming out uh, as there is snow still around. Smoke coming out of the of the chimneys. And you can tell that this area maybe at one time 
was maybe a little bit more well-to-do, but has fallen into a harder times. In fact, by the time you reach Barlow, Kentucky, uh, you realize that this town is very, very poor. If one were to ask you later to describe it, you would probably say it reminds you of Dunwich, where you were just at, but Southern and more poor. This is a mining town. And as you pull into the main area, there may be only two or 300 people in town proper. You notice that there is a gas station and the gas station uh, is a little bit wider than what you'd normally see the gas stations that are just serving gas. This one's got a little cafe attached to the side of it and above it, it just says food. And then on the other side of the gas station, also attached to the building, is a garage repair shop. There's also in this main street, and there's really only a main street, and then things that lead off into the into the uh, the hillside. Uh, there is a gas station. Uh, we already mentioned that. There is a general store. It's uh, it looks you know like it's been there a while. It's very squatty. I guess is the best way that I could uh, describe it. Uh, there is a small train station that looks like it brings goods from a nearby larger city. Had you taken a train to here, you probably would have arrived at this train station. Mm -hmm. But this is more like a building with a small, small waiting room and a ticket counter. But you're generally expected to be waiting out on the, the train platform. You okay. see. Another building at the end of town uh, that is two stories high. And the sign on top of the building says Underhill Mining Syndicate. It is a uh, brick building. It looks to be a very solid building. And sure enough, uh, in a couple of places in town, uh, you, uh, as you look around, you can see some houses that were probably built. They are definitely in the Victorian style, although they have run down quite a bit. But at the height of this town's mining, these houses would have been like the to-dos. This would have been the, the wealthy, wealthy people. There's still, you can sense a sense of, uh, of wealth in these homes, but it's faded quite a bit. The people who used to be wealthy, who still have China, but can't put any food yeah. on it. Yep. Uh, you also see a small brick bank that uh, the sign on the above the bank says, Darkwater Savings and Loan. There is a sign in the window as you drive past that says closed. And then in the center of the uh, town, you see the county courthouse. It's called the Boyd County Courthouse. It's another brick building, three stories. This one is also done in a Victorian era style and was definitely built during the period of uh, uh, the boom of mining in, in this area where people had a lot of money to dump into their county courthouse because, hey, this county is going to grow and do some, some awesome things. Then on the very edge of town, you see a church. It's a very, very old church. It's built of, of granite. And oddly, it looks like the design looks like it is Italian. But that's really odd for this portion of the county because you would expect it to be wooden or stone, but not built of granite in an Italian design. 
Hmm. There is a uh, schoolhouse. And the schoolhouse also looks like it doubles as the town library. And then along the, 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 the main thoroughfare, there's, you know, besides a grocery store, general store, mercantile, um, you see a, a camp store. Uh, and you see a newspaper. Uh, place for printing a newspaper. A printer's. Okay. And I think how about how about how about we just uh, say that you have now arrived in Barlow, Kentucky. We'll just take a break right there. Critical Hit Punch All Nazis is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment and was produced and edited by me, Stephen Schleicher. If you would like to get a behind-the-scenes making of this episode, be sure to check out the GM Roundtable Octum Cthulhu Edition at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash majorspoilers. Each week I discuss my plans for the upcoming game session, and Dr. Brad Will is there to share his reactions and advice on how to be a better game master. I will warn you, though, there are spoilers galore in every installment of the GM Roundtable Octoon Cthulhu Edition. So, if you don't like spoilers and don't want to know what I am planning next, don't listen to these episodes. Though, I will say, if you do listen, you'll be able to see how and where the players throw a wrench into my plans, and you're also going to have greater insight into the world that's being built into this campaign. Finally, we want you to record yourself doing your best on Critical Hit and send it to us at podcast at Majorspoilers.com and your voice will join the growing chorus of fans in upcoming episodes as well. Thank you again for listening this week and here's hoping all of your dice rolls are Critical Hits. This podcast is copyright 2024 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.